Hey, everybody. Welcome to Beauty and the Geist, uh, the podcast where we watch movies so that you don't have to. Uh, I'm one of your two uh, fantastic co-hosts, Pat de Geist, along with the beauty. That would be the other fantastic host, me. I guess already named the beauty, but I'm also called Scott or Kosh, Koshfest, whatever the hell you want to call me. Man of many, many names, like uh, Bilbo Baggins when he confronts Smog. <laughs> if you want That's to right. uh, nerd it up here. Except not that we're have, not... <laughs> I don't have a ring to make myself invisible. Not that we're not nerdy enough, but uh, if uh, any any of our fans know where we're going, we're, we're close to closing out the Friday the 13th saga. This week we watched Jason X. Which, uh, I'll, re- I'll read the description just because it's interesting. <laughs> this is from IMDb. Jason Voorhees is cryogenically frozen at the beginning of the 21st century and is discovered in the 25th century and taken to space. He made it, folks. Uh, he gets thawed and begins stalking and killing the crew of the spaceship that's transporting him. Uh, directed by James Isaac. Came out in uh, 2001. A cast of people I've never heard of. Some looked vaguely familiar, like they're maybe like uh, repetitive D-level actors, but uh, I couldn't. Yeah. Pin, I couldn't pin anyone from anything else. Could you? <laughs> uh, I mean, nothing that was really known, not really by name. People that I'd recognize by name, but yes, definitely the faces, especially what was it the pilot? Yeah, uh, was was one of them, and I believe the engineer was also uh, pretty recognizable, but that was really about it. And, of course, we do have the always fantastic Kane Hodder as Jason Voorhees in this, uh, but you never actually see, again, what he, he <laughs> looks like um, just because that's just the character of Jason Voorhees. Oh, yeah. Covered with, uh, if not the mask, about an inch of uh, gruesome makeup work <laughs> at all <Yeah>. times. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's let's dive right into uh, Crystal Lake here, <laughs> which is kind of where they say it begins at Crystal Lake Research Facility in the 21st century. So I think I forget the year they start out, but it's, it's the early 2000s. I, I think it was actually 2001, because at one point okay. they said. Uh, after when everything starts to take place in space, they say that she was that that uh, it was 454 years later. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. I remember that number. So yeah, they 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 begin at uh, Crystal Lake Research Facility, which is apparently like an Area 51 almost, <laughs> just somewhere around Crystal Lake where they have Jason Voorhees uh, just chained hanging from the ceiling. Kind of uh, neutralized, at least at this point. And uh, he's awaiting, like, to be cryo-frozen. That's the only way they feel like they can stop him, is they're going to they're gonna cryo-freeze him. Uh, one of the guards who is guarding him <laughs> walks up, and, like, Jason's eyeballing him, so he's still alive. You know, the, the events of the last movie, I guess, kind of just swept under the rug. There's no continuation in this one, I'll put it that way. No, there is not. I mean, again, Jason X, uh, you know, the last one was part nine. You would, 
I guess, kind of assumed this one might be part 10, but this might have been Jason SpaceX. This might have been Elon's uh, inspiration for the SpaceX program. (laughs) Right. For all we know, he could have produced this, and this is the start of his fortune. It was Jason X. Well, no, it was all, it was the inheritance that he got okay. was was the start of his fortune. But that doesn't stop him from necessarily shadow producing this movie. Yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, Jason's hanging from this thing. The guard doesn't like Jason giving him the uh, the evil eyes. Guard walks up, like throws like a little looks like a towel or something over his face, you know, to get him to stop looking. Meanwhile, they cut to uh, like I guess it's Doctor Rowan. I'll call her Dr. Rowan. She'll be one of the main characters throughout this thing, but uh, she's getting ready to cryo-freeze Jason. It's the only way to stop him. Uh, Meanwhile, some... I don't even remember the guy's name, but uh, just stereotypical uh, evil scientist comes in. He's uh, going to take Jason for for test work, for study. I, I do remember the actor's name that played him, and it was David Cronenberg. Because okay. I believe I've seen him in other things as well, but I don't remember the character's name. It's not important. Um, Dr. Wimmer, now that I've got IMDb pulled up, Dr. Wimmer wants to uh, take Jason's, you know, and do tests on him. And uh, Dr. Rowan, who is a attractive female doctor, <laughs> you know, puts <laughs> up a fuss. But, uh, you know, the guy insists. They go in there to get Jason. They They pull the towel off of his head. Turns out to be the guard hanging there dead. Like, oh shit, Jason's on the loose, and uh, he goes he goes on a rampage. I I lost count honestly. He kills maybe seven ish people. I think it was I think it was five or six. Okay, and 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 real quick too. We're at about you know the six minute mark. Yeah, he it just, was it was quick succession deaths, and and these were these there were four or five trained military soldiers with this Dr. Wimmer to essentially transport Jason across country, which Dr. Rowan uh, warned against saying the only way that he was fit to be traveled was being cryogenically frozen. So he could not apparently kill people, which he has already started. Yep. And, uh, and she was right. She is uh, later kind of, uh, called a Jason expert, and uh, she was right. You don't you don't mess around with Jason when you got him on the ropes or the chains hanging from the ceiling. And I mean, this is this is part of it too. Or he's like they're in this essential cryo chamber, not where they I guess in a, in a lab where they have a cryo chamber, and he slams a guy through a door, and Doctor Rowan picks up his shotgun that he had there and starts shooting Jason because she realizes that Jason has escaped. Um, Again, we go back to the same old premise. This is how you know she's a main character. Uh, And uh, because you have Dr. Wimmer and all of the soldiers that went in there to transport Jason, the guard that threw the towel over Jason's face, they're all dead within seconds of realizing that Jason is right there. But yet she has time to put multiple shotgun shots into him and escape into another room. <laughs> yeah, they they like to introduce the heroine early in these. <laughs> yeah, but she yeah, she leads she kind of uh, 
takes off, leads Jason, you know, through a series of hallways, stairwell, essentially into the cryo room. She's hiding behind like a, a you know table or something with some lab junk on it. Uh, gets Jason to the right spot, you know, jumps out. Here I am, you big goober, or whatever she sell, yells at him. You son of a bitch. Yeah. Smile, you son of a bitch. <laughs> she unloads like uh, numerous shots into him. As usual, doesn't kill him. Uh, also, as usual, does stagger him a little bit. He takes a few steps back uh, right into the cryopod. She hits the start button, you know, thinks she's got him, peeks into the window. But uh, Jason's also got that super strength. He stabs her through, like, the wall of the cryopod with his machete right in the gut. That causes the uh, cryopod juice, (laughs) gases, (laughs) whatever freezes you to start seeping out of there. You know, there's an alert. There's there's a, uh, you know, emergency lockdown in effect. They lock her in that room, you know, with with a stomach wound and leaking cryofuel. And, uh, you know, they both end up getting free- frozen to death. Or I guess just frozen. <laughs> As we'll find out shortly. After we fast forward like 454 years. <laughs> Gee, you notice, you notice a little, uh, little sci-fi tribute there? Fahrenheit 454. They're 454 years later. I did not even think of that one, but I thought of plenty other ones in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. There's four, Fahrenheit 454. So they're 454 years later. So 2,455 is what the year that it is. Uh, you see these people wearing these almost <laughs> looks like just they're wearing masks. They're not even really like gas masks or anything like that, but it's also... You also don't know that it's 454 years later? Not yet, no. That's that's never really... Uh, I mean, as far as what the movie told you, it could have been a week later. You find out in a little bit that it's 2455. <laughs> but they uh, come in, they're doing all their random little scans, checking for any sort of toxins to make sure it was... The air was okay to breathe in there, which they find out it is. So they all take off their masks, finding out they're regular, just humans. Because they're like glowing red eyes with the masks, and they did not look exactly human with that. Uh, But yeah, they're in there looking around for stuff, and uh, they find the cryopod and understand that it's been compromised because you see the big honking knife wound in the middle of the door of, mm-hmm. of the cryopod. <clears throat> and uh, they decide that they're going to take... Well, they, they open up the cryopod and Jason being the frozen Jason he is, is still causing mayhem, even when he's not, he's not <laughs> able to uh, move. Because they open the cryopod and he falls over. He's still holding the machete, but he cuts off a guy's arm while he's holding the machete and falling over. Yeah, while a frozen brick. <laughs> then, yeah, they see they find found another uh, human female, or humanoid female as they referred to her. And uh, they figure that she might still be alive. And 
Apparently they're getting better technology to have uh, reanimation from cryostasis. Yeah, future and, future technology saves the day a lot in this. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So they, uh, yeah, they take him on board the ship, and uh, now we cut to the crew of the of, of the ship, which. This was the one note because I was watching it while I was doing my work today uh, for at my actual job. The only thing that I noticed is that in the future they don't have lab coats. It's, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm wondering. I'm wondering what they're going for here because you can think like in the future, like all the women are dressed like they're going to the club. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I can't say that's not how they would dress, but yeah, they're working, they're like researching stuff in a lab, but they're wearing like shoulderless, you know, sweaters, you know, the one lady's got like a, a I don't even know what it is, like a wraparound latex thing with no centerpiece in the cleavage. Like that's just what they wear, they wear at the research lab. <laughs> yeah. And they're all trying to hook up with each other. The, the Well, I mean, you know what they say? In space, no one can hear you scream. So <laughs> they didn't say whether it was in pain right, or pleasure. Right. You know, and I don't know if this is just—I don't know which way they're going. Are they just uh, again exploiting women's boobs again, or are they trying to say that you know, deep in the future, like nobody's hung up on sex anymore, so you can just be, uh, you know, at work making out with your coworkers <laughs> in the research lab, you know? So I don't know if it's uh, regressive or progressive. <laughs> hey, you know this operating room? Nobody cares if you make out together in the future. Right, right, right. And they they have like, like they, you know, they bring Jason and the uh, frozen doctor up there and there are lines like, uh, you know, Jason's frozen and, and hung up there. And one lady's like, I bet he's hung like a mammoth and just starts making out with her boyfriend. Like, yeah. like during the middle of a pretty important, like scientific research discovery. <laughs> yeah, they're working on and they're working on bringing the doctor back. They're like, oh, well, we need to cut her clothes off. And this other guy's like, oh, he raises his hand so fast he dislocated his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll uh, strip this, you know, unconscious naked woman. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. Oh, and their names, too. Their names are absurd, right? Oh, Which absolutely. I I don't know if you saw this, but I watched it again on Amazon where they have the little sidebar thing. And they said uh, all the people's names were named after the writer's friends from EverQuest. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell because they're like uh, Janissa, Kinza, uh, like Ren, wasn't there Ren or something like that? Condor, yeah, like, Gecko, like, yeah, Ceneron, Azriel. <laughs> and it just turns out they're all the writers, you know guild buddies from everquest i did i i watched it on amazon as well and i did not catch that piece of trivia okay it's i wondered why they were so obscure and weird and uh luckily i noticed that but it, yeah anyway anyway they're yeah they're in the lab they're doing three things simultaneously they're uh they're trying to bring frozen doctor back to life they're like trying to study frozen jason and uh, reattaching, I think it was Azrael who got his arm chopped off by yep, Frozen yep. Jason. Azrael got his arm chopped off, and yeah, he his finishes first, and they tell him to hold still or he's going to end up with an elbow where his wrist is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. And they use, like, sci like nano ants a lot. 
they use nano ants to like i don't think they use it to reattach his arm but i believe they use it to wake the girl up i think they use it to attach his arm too i think that's oh, pretty they? much what they used for everything yeah <laughs> yeah that was their convenient answer to to most problems it was like hey put put some nano ants on that guy <laughs> but anyway it turns out there's a so there's like Professor Lowe and all these research people. And then there's also a squad of like space Marines. Security guards. Yeah, security. And that's who's hanging out on these ships. That's who's hanging out on this ship. Because it, it uh, almost seems like they're, they were going out looking for uh, essentially scavenging. And they needed protection from whatever was out there. Uh, in in the in the worlds that they explored, yeah, you find out later that they find uh, like Jason and Doctor Rowan on uh, what remains of Earth One, which had been basically can't harbor life anymore. It was yeah, essentially they meant, they pretty much said it was uh, destroyed. They they didn't name it specifically, but they they did they did hint at it a little bit later on where they're talking about the Microsoft Wars. Yes, yes, the Microsoft Wars. They tried to inject some weird things, which I guess I appreciate, but they didn't uh, take a lot of time to make sure stuff made sense. <laughs> uh oh, I lost you. You know, right? So he calls up, I guess his contact. He's trying to get some money. He's like, hey, I got the, I, you know, I found these two specimens. They're like 450 years old. You know, I want some money. How much can I get for him? And uh, his contact is uh, is real excited that, you know, he his contact knows the Jason Voorhees legend. Yeah, it seems seems like he's like a black market, uh, op, you know, like like he's a black market dealer. It is what it what it seemed like to me because he's like, do you know what time? You know, that those things aren't worth anything. And then he's like, well. The sec- he's like, wait a minute, I see the second one is Jason Voorhees. And the <laughs> professor's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, that guy killed like 200-some people. He's unstoppable. He, he, he's, he's, you know, he might be worth something. Yeah, the legend lives on, apparently. That's, that's a good legacy right there. <laughs> space, you know, space scrappers know about Jason Voorhees. 450 years in the future and this is this part then reminds me of uh uh jason takes manhattan because you know he's negotiating this deal trying to get money for his fines gets off the space phone when uh one of these one of the i guess it's a student comes in starts flirting with the professor you know wants to get it on with him to uh discuss her grade in his class (laughs) she wants an a they show you later to get her a she like the professor dresses up in like see-through lingerie and she's squeezing his nipples with like space tongs well it's it's like a like a blacksmith tongs yeah 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 there you go <laughs> those blacksmith tongs but while while they're uh drinking wine and getting their nipples twisted i get back to blonde student who i don't know if she even had a name if she but did, anyway, I don't remember. She's she's blonde hair, blue belly shirt. We'll just call her we'll just call her belly shirt because that's probably the easiest. Yeah, a foot of exposed midriff while she's uh, essentially doing you know 
a post-mortem <laughs> she's, she's almost doing an autopsy exactly yeah. <laughs> she she goes like she cut she makes an incision into his head eventually cuts the mask off looks underneath the mask and is like oh i see why you were wearing this mask you're an ugly dude i'd swipe right on tinder for you yeah and- left left on tinder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know the proper directions. I, uh... I, I I do. I just I just completely misspoke because I don't think Jason would get many swipe rights on on Tinder. <laughs> but anyway, she decides she's gonna go look at something in the microscope. She's sitting there and she's studying, and Jason starts, you know, like kind of twitches his leg. She hears that. She moves. She turns around and looks at him. He's still laying there. She goes back to her reader, you know, flat, you know, clenches his hand. She hears like the ice dripping off of his hands as he does that. Turns around, looks. He's still sitting there. He gets up, and uh, something else falls to the ground. She hears that. She turns and looks, and he's not there anymore. She turns back to her microscope. Jason's right beside her. Grabs her. Puts her face in the cryo liquid so her skull freezes, and then smashes her skull on the counter. Blonde <laughs> shirt dead. Right, and I don't want to. Th- that was a good death, right? Because they have, you know, like the front half of her face gets frozen and shattered, and then they kind of show briefly, like you know, the remainder of like the inside of her skull. And that was like one of the best deaths in the whole thing. They a lot it, of them were downhill from there. It, it it definitely was. Yeah, a lot of them were pretty tame compared to compared to that. And the but, other the other the other part I like is the cause of that. They just have like essentially a sink, like an open sink full of what is you know liquid nitrogen or you know cryogenic fluid. Yes, just just <laughs> sitting a, there smoking around a bunch of college students. Yeah, not that none of this needs to make sense, but it's just a sink of cryo liquid. <laughs> Whatever, it worked. It it, he, it was one of the better deaths. Then he grabs his like space machete. There's a space machete, which is uh, you know, just like his normal machete, but looks a little fancier. Got a couple holes and some serration in it, and then uh, you know what's coming. Everybody else on the ship is humping. Like the professor and that student is humping. Oh yeah, yeah. The, 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 that that's what woke him up. We gotta we gotta remember the roots of Jason Voorhees though. It was it was the two students that were making out during the autopsy of him. They were getting it on in their room, and that's what woke him up. Because yeah, that was that was you, a funny scene. Because like can't you can't be <laughs> horny around the Voorhees. The, yeah, the, like the, they have a, the one scene where the the girl is just like moaning and like. It's, you know, it's ignites Jason's rage inside him. Like, he just pops up and like, all right, it's on. <laughs> hormones. <laughs> or you get your hormones going and you anger the Voorhees. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they still don't know what's in store for him yet. Uh, you know, they cut to, like, Dr. Rowan and uh, Professor Lowe, they have some like fill in the blank dialogue with Dr. Rowan, like, hey, you know, it's uh, this the year's 2455, uh, you know, Earth One is dead, you're here on a spaceship now, and she, she takes it all pretty well. <laughs> hey, the, the only thing that she gets upset by is when they say, we brought your friend along too. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she's like, friend? 
Like, yeah, the guy that was in the cryo chamber. She's like, you brought Jason Voorhees on this ship? And they're like, yeah, what's the big deal? Yeah, this it's it's funnyish in that context, right? Like, hey, uh, you know, you were frozen. It's 454 years in the future. Earth One is dead. Everyone you know is dead. And she's like, just taking all that in stride. Uh, we brought Jason Voorhees up. What? <laughs> you have to shoot him into space right now. <laughs> yep, launch him into space right now. And they're just like, no, I can assure you, he's dead. And they're like, she's like, okay, uh, you got to show me that he's dead. They go. She's like, I can assure you, he's not. (laughs) Yeah. They go to the lab, and of course, he's missing. You know, their fellow student is dead. Uh, Sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. You know, soldiers, you got to go arm yourselves. They start to arm themselves. Students get back to one of the one of the research labs and lock themselves in. But when the two horny kids, the horny students decide they're going to go to the, uh, to the research lab to see what's going on. As soon as they opens the door from their room, guy gets stabbed by Jason with his space machete. Yeah. Again, two people, I think that was Stony, but yes, Stony and Janissa, I think it was the other one. That sounds right. <laughs> their names are so weird that it's so that you know the lesser known weird names that struggled I struggled to keep track of. Yeah, then they uh, there's there's a pretty uh, pretty good lengthy killing spree here. You know they get they get stony, uh, leaves Janissa. Oddly enough, they cut to uh, like two dudes, Dallas and Azrael, are in, in like an alien combat simulator. You know they're they're shooting aliens. Yeah, we, you don't know it's a simulator at first. You think it might actually be real, but yeah. Then they, uh, yeah, Jason shows up in their simulator, and well, so for yeah, first Dallas kills an alien, and then Azrael shoots another alien to save Dallas, and then they're arguing back and forth about who's better, and finally Azrael says, "Okay, fine, next kill wins," and. They see another alien there, and Jason just chops it in half. And this is like, well, what the hell? And then they keep thinking that it's the simulator. So a simulator stopped playing, and it stops, and then they goes away, and Jason's still there. And, yeah, let's just say that uh, pretty quickly, Dallas and Azrael are dispatched by Jason. Yeah, I don't think there's they're... anything particularly gruesome about either. Well... No, there's nothing particularly... Not nearly as good as the uh, cryosync. Like, the one guy gets, uh, like, picked up and gets the, uh, like, the backbreaker over the knee. Yeah, yeah, Asriel, Asriel just takes a, takes a WWF backbreaker and snaps in half. And then, yeah, Dallas gets his head squished into the wall a couple of times and gets his skull fractured. Yeah, but, yeah, but neither one is very gruesome. And they... Uh... You know, it's an interesting alarm system they have where it doesn't interrupt your your video game simulator. Because <laughs> they the whole ship had already been on alert, but uh, yeah, I guess the, they don't hear in there. The 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 doctor, yeah, because the the sergeant Sergeant Brodsky is trying to find Dallas and has no idea where Dallas is, and nobody gives a shit about Azriel because no. they don't even notice that he's gone. Yeah, and the uh, like now the Marines are kind of on high alert. 
they start they start going looking for Jason. Um, at at some point they do encounter him and like fill him full of like space lead, but uh, he just disappears. Right? I don't know if that's his teleportation power. <laughs> that was right when he was yeah he was about to kill the engineer. Crutch. Oh yeah, yeah, Crutch. Because Crutch was just doing whatever he, Crutch does in his engineering bay, and yeah, he's about to get it when. The, the Marines all yell, Crutch, get down. So he gets, you know, he ducks out of the way just in time as they fill Jason full of space lead. And, uh, yeah, they, they can't find him. Crutch is okay. Crutch gets out of there. And, yeah, they're uh, going they, back. They do the usual, let's split up. They do it, like, teams of two at least. So they're not solo, but they like split off into like groups of two to look for Jason, which of course only makes it easier for Jason to pick them off. <laughs> which I mean, still to this, well, whatever. Well, we'll keep going. We'll just keep going. I'm not going to tangent this one, but was it Condor, Gecko, <laughs> Brodsky? <laughs> yeah, like like. Uh, virtually generic space marines just start dying, you know, one after the other. They're going down like flies. Uh, yeah, one guy gets his head cut off, and uh, let's see here. Uh, one guy guy impales Jason on a spike, and he just gets up and then impales that guy on the same spike. Uh, there's just, yeah, just throats throats get slashed people get killed there's nothing particularly gruesome about those except for of course at sergeant brodsky is the last one alive in this room of like the eight people that went in and rowan is telling professor Lowe to get him out of there tell him he needs to leave and just as he's a pretty much about to leave of course the old punch through the wall to grab him uh happens because jason is definitely known for that he's got the telepathic sense you know where everybody is around around him he can he has supernatural senses and uh stabs brodsky and brodsky says oh it's gonna take more than a little stab in the ribs to get me so then jason stabs him in the gut and he's like oh well i guess that'll probably do it and (laughs) that's the end of that scene and and like bad humor is a major theme in this one. Bad lines like that. <laughs> yes. I'll, uh, I wish I could remember them all. I should have wrote those down because there were some there were some whoppers in there, man. But <laughs> I'll try to remember some as we go. But that I mean I that sequence it wasn't nearly as good as from Aliens, but it reminded me a lot of Aliens. You know, you got the Marines down there in the dark, creeping around, getting picked off one by one. You got. Uh, at least in Aliens, you have like Ripley and uh, you know Gorman and Carter Burke, kind of listening to them get killed over and over, you know, on the comm system. Yep. And they're and they're like, you know, get them out of there. And you know, they're like, they know what they're doing, and pretty much all end up dead. So I, uh, I don't know if that was an intentional nod, but I liked it. And so like, <laughs> now it's. On a spaceship of basically just, I guess, college archaeology space students and space marines, all the space marines are dead. 
<laughs> are pretty much dead. I don't want to give too much away, but <laughs> they're all dead. Like it's just uh, space, you know, space scavenger college students or whatever. Uh, their spaceship is is about to go dock with, I guess, a larger space station. And so the students are like, all right, you know, finally, we just got to get to the space station. They'll have help there. They got, a, you know, they got like 60 soldiers. We'll be okay. Um, at that moment, Jason uh, sneaks up into the cockpit, slashes the pilot. You know, they're they're out of control spaceship, with it, which I believe is called the Grendel now. Yep. Kind of, kind of like... Or scrapes off the whole top deck of the space station. Ceteris, I believe the the yeah, it's it's something like that, and uh, it's like it scrapes across the entire top deck of the space station, keeps going, causing the space station to completely explode, <laughs> with very little damage to the ship. There is some, but they're like ninety percent fine. the The space station completely gone <laughs> which is immediately noticed by uh boy i don't even know the guy's name but either way they're talking about how what they're gonna do now they send out a distress beacon and at that point i believe that's when jason jumps through the window because they're like oh he's locked in the other lab he starts like pounding on the door trying to get in to to the lab where they're and they're like oh we're safe in here he's out there and there's you know we'll we'll be able to get get another ship over here and that's when Jason decides he's just gonna jump through the window yeah, he yeah loves, like he loves bay windows oh yeah he whether, he whether does. He's throwing bodies through them or just jumping through them himself he just loves those bay windows yeah and what kind of safe room is that with a giant bay window I mean. Yeah, so the, the college students take off, you know, they do leave behind uh, Professor Lowe, who tries to, like, negotiate with Jason. He's like, hey, you know, hey, I'll give you, I'll give you money, you know. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, and and Jason just picks up his old machete. At, at one point, he does drop his space machete. And yeah, yeah. And so he... The last few of the Marines that he kills, he's not using his space machete. Mm -hmm. He's uh, he's using he's just using his bare hands, whatever whatever is handy. And uh, yeah, he uh, finds his old machete and he looks at it lovingly. And the professor thinks he's fine. He's like, oh, he just wanted his old machete back. <laughs> you know, he thought it was like this. He thought it was like the movie Payback, where he just wanted the the money that he was owed and didn't want more than that. Just wanted the money he was owed. <laughs> The money that was stolen from him. Yeah. $65,000. Yeah, Jason just wants his, uh, you know, souvenir or whatever. He wants his baby back. Right. Yeah, and the guy's well, like, he's like, don't worry, he just wanted his machete. <laughs> as Jason then proceeds to cut his head off. Well, they don't show that he cut his head off. You just hear him scream in the distance from the college students. Yeah, off screen, which is... Uh... A bummer. Like like we mentioned, they started off really strong in the death department, toned it down quite a bit after that. And uh, yeah, so this at this point, it's the college students and the engineer, because the engineer ended up making it to the research bay. 
So they're like, oh, well, we can get out. We can get out with the escape shuttle or whatever. We so two people go to start the prep for the escape shuttle. The engineer and one other guy decide that they're going to go up to the bridge because they can start the launch sequence from the bridge because they already know the pilot's dead because they crashed into the space station. <laughs> and then two people are going to go pick up some supplies. So two people get down to the to the shuttle. They start getting everything squared away with the launch. They're communicating with the people on the bridge. That uh, another kind of funny part of the bridge, they see the 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 body and the the blood everywhere from the pilot. So the engineer says, "Hey, give me your jacket," and he uses it to wipe off the earpiece with all the blood off of the earpiece that the pilot was wearing when he was <laughs> killed. And the guy who gave up his his jacket was not too thrilled with that. And uh, as uh, Rowan is going to pick up supplies, she finds Brodsky, who's still alive. And uh, <laughs> he's he's too injured he's too injured to move himself and too heavy for her to move. So she calls and asks for help to move Brodsky since he's still alive. And uh, the the second guy that went up to the bridge to help with that uh, decides to go help get Brodsky down to the shuttle so they can leave. And uh, there's one person in the shuttle one, working on the launch. There's one person out of the shuttle working on the launch. And then they get Brodsky... Uh, Shortly after, boy, what was it? Uh, the the Jason shows up on the bridge. Yeah, there's some chaos here, and shows the a severed head to the engineer. <laughs> the engineer's sitting there getting all the launch codes and everything ready, getting the fuel transferred to the shuttle, and he's sitting there paying attention, and you just see. This little severed head kind of peek around the corner, and uh, that's the end of the engineer. Jason's yeah, Jason there. like shoves his head into an electrical panel or something. Yep, yep. And uh, at that point, I think it's Janissa starts freaking out and closes herself into the shuttle. And they've got uh, is it Brodsky and another guy and Rowan and another girl are out there. And they are uh, trying to get Janissa to open up the door. She decides she's going to take off in the shuttle and crashes the shuttle immediately because the fuel lines are still attached into the ship, which doesn't do any damage to the ship at all. But the, the shuttle explodes and there's another dead person. <laughs> it's another and, trapped again. Yep, they are now trapped again. Uh, they are, they figured out a, is it, this is where they figured out a plan to, no, this is where the guy and his android. Yeah, we up. haven't even mentioned the android, <laughs> KM. Yes, who was initially, earlier in the movie, was showing off her, her perfect boobs, but as soon as she took her hands away, her, her nipples fell off because she didn't actually have... <laughs> 
she's an android, so she doesn't actually have nipples, but because somebody else had them, she wanted to pretend that she had them. Was it Janissa had them? Yeah, I think so. She wanted to pretend that she had them. Yeah, and this is the point where uh, the guy the guy's got a weird name like Sooneron or something. But he like <laughs> he like converts her into like a combat robot which yeah, works gives, pretty well. Gives her an upgrade. Yeah, they well they eventually get back up cuz they have to uh, they have to get Brodsky back to hell so they have to unleash the ants on on Brodsky. They get him back to 100%. Uh, they decide that they're going to essentially blow up one half of the ship, trapping Jason on one half of the ship. Or they're they're gonna they're gonna blow the ship into two pieces, sealing Jason on one side <sighs> to be blasted off into space while they're on the other, and they can hopefully uh, find um, somebody to come rescue them. Yeah, their ship is basically, they actually call them pontoons. So it's like a pontoon boat where, like, each big, you know, floating pontoon part is an actual, I guess, you know, crew quarters and stuff like that. Yeah, so they're trying to separate the two, leaving Jason in the bad side, and they hope to just survive long enough to get rescued. Is their brilliant plan. And they're going to, like, plant explosives in the middle and uh, blow the ship apart. And this is this is about when uh, KM has her her standoff with Jason. <laughs> yeah, after she's been upgraded. Yeah, she's been upgraded. She comes to fight. She's <laughs> pretty badass. She's like a combination of like I don't like Black Widow and uh, uh, Mia Jovovich from like the Resident Evil movies. She's like double pistoling it. Neo or yeah. not Neo? Uh, Trinity from the Matrix. Yeah, she's... she had she had the Trinity look from the Matrix though too yeah. a little bit, <laughs> like black leather outfit and like you know, double uh, double pistols, jumping off walls, a lot of like karate. <laughs> for for as brutal as Jason is though too, he's not very smart because he fell for the old rope a dope. He did because <laughs> she she comes into the room and she's like, "Ha, you want to go, big boy?" And he just takes his machete and throws it right into her gut, and she like. Falls down like she's dead. And then she kicks his ass. <laughs> yeah, he like goes to get his machete and she's opens her eyes like, gotcha. Like pulls the old uh, fake death trick on, on the master himself. Yeah. Yeah, kicks his ass, ends up like shooting his uh, arm off with this, some kind of space gun. Then shoots his leg off with a space gun. Uh, Jason goes down. For good? Hmm? There's like 20 minutes left in the movie. Of course, yeah, it's exactly. not for good. <laughs> exactly. You can check the runtime and be like, no, <laughs> not this time. Uh, <laughs> but the, they, of course, think he's dead for good, right? So they go to execute their plan to, to uh, blow the ships apart. Uh, you know, they're planting explosives. Um, let's see. L- luckily, if someone did hear their distress call, there's a, you know, a, a rescue ship that's incoming. The, yeah, their hull, they find out that their hull is leaking, and they only have about 40, they only have about 30 minutes to, uh, to, I guess, be rescued, or they're not, they're, they're not going, they're not going to have any oxygen left. And, uh, yeah, they, Pretty much say if you're not here, if you can't be here within 30 minutes, don't bother. 
And the other girl freaks out and says, don't listen to them. They're, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, while they're doing this, uh, their computer has mistakenly unleashed the ants on Jason. <laughs> so not only has it put him back together, it has upgraded him as well. Yeah, they, uh, the screen flashes like there's not enough original tissue left. So uh, the, the cybernetic ants basically fill in the blanks. So he he emerges uh, shortly after this. He's basically like half cyborg now. He's like, I don't even know what they call him. The Terminator. Yeah, he's basically Terminator Jason. There's there's probably a name for him amongst, uh, you know, fr- Jason X fans. He's probably uh, Met- Metallo Jason or something weird like that. But he looks pretty ridiculous, if I'm being honest. <laughs> He, d- he did look pretty ridiculous. Uh, I mean, again, it just lends more to the absurdity of the movie, though, too. Right. Because it's like like bad metal costuming. <laughs> Chromed out Voorhees. Yeah, and it's shaped like a, like his muscles are shaped like a like a He-Man plastic toy muscles or something. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Exaggerated chrome muscles for you. Yeah, basically. Basically. But anyway, he comes back. He wants uh, He wants round two with uh, KM. KM, the, you know, the, the robot. The, an- the android who just kicked his ass. Yeah, and this time it's uh, completely one-sided, right? Like, KM immediately gets her head punched off, like, like in the first <laughs> few seconds. <laughs> Just kind of like the Lewis scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> but, uh, you know, luckily, she's a robot, not a human, so she can survive it. Uh, her man, Sarnaron, or... <laughs> her programmer. <laughs> yeah, her programmer picks the head up and, like, carries it around like a football. And, you know, KM can still talk and at least help out a little bit. But, uh, you know, the rest of the humans run for their lives. They're They're closing hatches. You know, to to keep themselves away from Jason, uh, they leave one of the guys, Waylander, I think is her name or his name. They leave him behind with Jason. He's got the detonator. Uh, he triggers it to separate the two halves of the ship with Jason, and they're thinking, "All right, we're both going down now." Of course, check the runtime. <laughs> no, not with fifteen minutes left. <laughs> not quite yet. So they they think they're safe briefly in what remains of like the good half of the ship but uh, uh again jason just he gets on the hull punches through the outer hull of the ship gives like a classic loss of air pressure scene in a in a space movie everything starts getting sucked out of there there's uh oh here here's an example of some of the bad humor one of the they're trying to reach for one of the ladies Who's uh, she's close to the hole? You know her. She's hanging on with her arms. Her feet are getting sucked out. They can't get to her, and she says, "This sucks on so many levels." And then let's go and like gets turned into meat as she gets sucked out the hole. <laughs> yeah, she gets pulled through. She gets pulled through the grate, and yeah, basically gets sliced up by the grate as she passes through it. Yeah, delivers delivers a cheesy line for her own death, which is a little uh, unorthodox. Usually, it's when someone else is dying, but uh, <laughs> didn't stop him here. That was uh, maybe 
maybe the second most gruesome death. They at least had some like meat hanging from the walls. Well, the pilot, the pilot had a lot of gore after they showed his body. Yeah, th- not during the death scene, but yeah, they did show the aftermath. Yeah, I liked I liked that one getting sucked out the hole into space through a grate. Yeah, that I could have a- dealt without the cheesy line though. Yeah, otherwise it was a great death. Yeah, I would I would I would put it as as a dad joke, great death. Nailed it. So now it's it's just at this point, uh, Dr. Rowan, who's been here all along, like Sarner, Sooneron, his robot head, and Brodsky. That's all that's left. And the uh, the rescue ship is coming to get them. They, like, connect a, uh, like, umbilicus-style walkway between the rescue ship and the, uh, you know, the, what remains of their ship. They can't get the door open, you know, because of all the damage. They got to buy time. Like, Jason is just smashing through, you know, from corridors and walls, trying to break his way to get them and kill them. They got to buy some time. <laughs> yep. Brodsky gets on his spacesuit and starts going out there uh, to to help essentially repair the hatch that he ne- that needs to be opened from the outside. Rowan is working on it on the inside, and uh, Sooneron and KM. I don't know if it's actually Sooneron, but that's what we're calling him. Sooneron and KM are doing their thing inside too to help out, and uh, yeah, eventually Jason gets up right by them, which then Sooneron and KM come up with the brilliant idea to put Jason in the simulator, where. Uh, they they can set up whatever they want. This was a good move for, by them for for the simulator. This was a very smart move. This was actually pretty brilliant because again you have suddenly Jason being transported back to Earth One in the simulator at Crystal Lake with two horny naked teenagers. <laughs> yeah, they're like do you want to smoke marijuana and have premarital sex <laughs> you want to drink beer smoke marijuana and have premarital sex because that's what we want to do and they both just immediately just take off their shirts and get in a sleeping bag and this was probably one of my favorite things too though because again jason is Jason and he just wants to murder everything he can. So he's beating one girl in the sleeping bag with the other girl in the sleeping bag. Yeah, he picks it up like an oversized, you know, sock full of marbles or whatever. Yeah, and he's just swinging it around and clubbing <laughs> ha- the one on the ground to death with her friend. <laughs> he's having a pillow fight with a sleeping bag. Yeah, basically. Inside of it. <laughs> and then he gives her a, a few whacks against the tree for good measure, too. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, they they think that they've got Jason confused enough where he, you know, he's not going to come after them because he thinks there's other people there to kill, easier people to kill. But then Sooneron slips up and lets it kind of see them see that Jason is uh, that that Jason is in the simulator and he sees Sooneron. So he essentially then figures out he's in the simulator and uh, makes his way out of there. And uh, eventually they get the hatch open. And all I remember about this part was Jason hurtling through space 
coming <laughs> right at the the new the new ship or whatever where they were, and at the last minute, Brodsky decide like uses his rockets that are on his little spacewalk suit, grabs Jason Voorhees and drives him off and flies off with him into space. Yeah, it was such a. Uh... It was a pretty lame anticlimactic ending. It's, I mean, that's basically what they happened. They they get the hatch open. They're running through the umbilicus to the uh, the rescue ship. Brodsky stays behind to delay Jason just long enough for the rescue ship to escape, and the original ship explodes. Yeah, that's when Jason is just flying through space towards the rescue ship with uh, like Doctor Rowan and sooner on, you know, looking like you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> and yeah, and then and then Brodsky just comes in from the side, you know, intercepts essentially, and uh, it carries Jason off through into Earth Two's atmosphere. I thought it was still Earth One's atmosphere. Um. Oh, well, well, because they uh, they show the it, they show them falling, or at least Jason falling as a shooting star, and there's like horny teens making out. Right. Well, and and I assumed that I I assumed like kind of like everything else where they say that Earth One is not livable, but it really is. So I I could be one hundred percent wrong oh. in this, but I just saw the whole thing with the shooting star and and of course him going right back to where it all began into Crystal Lake. Yeah, with some horny teenagers making out. They I'll I'll just say they never clarify where it is. I assumed because they were. Where people living there, they must have made it to Earth too, but they don't say that. And yeah, uh, your interpretation could be equally as correct. Because <laughs> I, I just figured they were going full circle and bringing it right back to where it started. Is you know, as far as Crystal Lake, and who knows, Earth two could have the exact. It, it could be an almost exact replica of Earth one and have its own Crystal Lake in New Jersey, close enough to where we can have Jason Takes Manhattan Part Two. Yeah. So on that <laughs> on that confusing ending, roll credits. They have Jason, you know, f- flies to Earth, lands in Crystal Lake. His well, mask. All, all you sinks. see, yeah, all you see is the mask go in, go into, into the bottom of a lake. My like I said, my interpretation was it was Crystal Lake, right where everything began. Um, but somebody that, that else would be a good uh, that would be a good wrap. That would be good bookends on the series. I I agree that I mean that that definitely puts a puts a nice little bow on on this on this series to tie it up because again they're really I don't think I mean of course they're gonna fo- they they did follow up with uh, I believe it's two thousand three maybe. Freddy versus Jason, where they kind of follow up on the storyline of Jason goes to hell. So I don't know if uh, Jason go if Freddy versus Jason was supposed to come out before this one or not, uh, <laughs> or if this was just kind of its own again kind of standalone film that just had the Jason Voorhees character in it. Uh, I, I don't I don't know. It probably was uh, Freddy vs. Jason supposed to come out before that. I, in the little I know, I I read there were many delays with that one, and it got delayed for like years. So yeah, they probably planned on doing Jason Goes to Hell and then meeting Freddy there. <laughs> well, I mean, 
it was 1993 to like 2003. So yeah, there's definitely delays in the yeah. in the in the timing of of Jay, Freddy versus Jason. So I I'm assuming that Jason X was uh, kind of a let's keep the fans happy and interested kind of thing. Which uh, I actually even kind of forgot about Freddy versus Jason for a minute when we were talking earlier about what we're going to do <clears throat> after the, the Friday the 13th series. <laughs> but uh, Freddy versus Jason is the next one in the line of, of films. That's true. I forgot. So, we'll, we'll hit that one, too. Yeah, that, that that's what we'll be watching for next week. But uh, overall, what was your favorite death in this uh, I I'd have to go with the the woman getting her face shoved in the cryo sink. Yeah, I there was that that one was that one was about the best one I think in the in the movie. Overall, your opinion on this film? Because personally, I thought it was the uh, the most fun uh, of the <clears throat> Jason Voorhees series that we that we have watched so far. <laughs> it's weird, like. Like the acting was terrible. Like the lines were terrible. Like a, even a lot of the like the, some of their space guns looked like they were made with PVC pipe. You know the the writing was pretty bad. Uh, but I I also really enjoyed it. I think I'm I'm biased because as I've mentioned before, like space like sci-fi horror might be my favorite genre. So this just happens to add sci-fi you know to the the Check. usual slasher stuff. Check both boxes for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like this one too. This is as bad as every element was. I really also enjoyed it. <laughs> Are there things like you enjoyed specifically? Like I can't think of things I enjoyed specifically other than the movie as a whole. <laughs> I yeah, I really don't think there was anything super specific. I mean, I guess Probably, um, again, I just enjoy seeing how bad they think that people will dress in the future. Yeah, all like all the characters were dumb. Did you have a favorite character? Did you like anybody? Uh, not really. I mean, there right. wasn't anybody that really stuck. There wasn't really anybody that really stuck out in the movie. I mean, of course, Doctor Rowan is probably the only one that had, you know. 50 cents on the dollar for intelligence but you know yeah. e even even that it was just like what the hell is going you know like what the hell are most of these people even do how are these people supposedly scientists you know scientific students in college right just boning on a spaceship you know their teacher is like trying to sell artifacts for profit <laughs> <laughs> Right, they're the, yeah, they're wearing like crop tops and tube tops in a in a you know basically a morgue research lab. Yeah, yeah. all the characters were dumb. <laughs> well, and and the one the one Dr. Rowan even said too that when she's talking about how, it, you know how how it how the whole thing even started, with how she got stabbed and how she ended up cryogenically frozen was. It was all about somebody looking for money. And then, like, that kind of... They, of course, as soon as they mentioned that, they kind of hit the little the little sounder thing for the for the score there. So you hear the little music go off because she's basically calling out the... She's calling out Dr. Wimmer from when she was 
her actual, you know, from 2001. And she's also calling out the captain unbeknownst to her at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, again, I appreciated that. I don't know if it's an intentional, like, homage to Alien, but that's like the whole, you know, sub-theme of Aliens is is corporate greed over lives. And, yeah, you know, they, yeah. they want to turn, you know, this deadly killing machine into um, and make it profitable. So I, I liked that. But it's it's weird that they can just take like a famous <laughs> a famous IP. The writer names the characters after his friends from EverQuest. Just throw it in outer space. It's like, oh yeah, that was pretty entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, as they always say, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. Yeah, the jokes are. Oh, I remembered one of the jokes. Here was one of the jokes I remembered while we uh, moved on, but uh, this is when one of the generic soldiers gets killed. He gets, like, thrown from a catwalk onto, like, an inverted drill bit. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did you find Sven? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I found him. Uh, They're talking on the radio. Yeah, I found Sven. What's What's his his status? Yeah, (laughs) he's screwed. (laughs) Yes, I do remember that one as well. After being impaled on a giant screw shaft or whatever. <laughs> like, that's yeah, kind of... An auger. <laughs> and there was just humor like that. There were probably a dozen other examples that I can't remember. But That uh, was one, though, that, that definitely stuck out after, yeah, after you mentioned that. <laughs> that you were... <laughs> he just gets thrown down on this auger and then slowly rotates around and... And finds himself at the bottom of the auger. Who we found Sven. What's his condition? He's screwed. Yeah. And they just little stuff like that. The uh, just completely generic sci-fi language they use a lot. You know, just I'm sure made up. The writer's like, hey, this this will sound okay. You know, just stuff like, hey, what's your uh, what are your diffusion shields at? Uh, they're at 32 percent and stable. Like. <laughs> it's just meaningless. What, what are you diffusing? Yeah, all right. Yeah, it has no connection to anything. They don't explain it. It's just generic sci-fi dialogue. But yet, it all somehow came together and uh, made me happy. To make yeah, to make a very enjoyable movie. Yeah. So, Freddy versus Jason is going to be tough to top Jason X. <laughs> I I agree, and I I have seen most of this movie but again it was i believe i i was somewhere where i wasn't paying that close of attention to it so um i i've seen a lot of it but i also had some uh, i had some initial negative opinions about this movie so interesting i've never seen this one so i'm going in blind completely blind yeah, I, I like I said, I, I've seen I've seen it, but I, I that would have been probably right away when it first came out, and and uh, I was not that into slasher movies at that point either, so it probably didn't uh, didn't resonate very well with me. So. Uh, I'm just uh, pulling it up now. Although first, let's see. Uh, 4.4 is what Jason X got on IMDb. And obviously, I think we both think it was better than that. 
Yeah, I would say it was probably like a seven, seven and a half. Yeah, it was solid. Oh man, nineteen on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but again, is that is that the critic score? Or is that the audience score? Right. Like like we said, if they're going by any of your normal criteria, it gets poor marks. But it was still enjoyable. <laughs> I'm going yeah. off, uh, you know, just a uh, uh, I don't even know what you call it, esoteric score. Just off the top of my head, it was enjoyable. Oh, absolutely. So, last week when we were recording, I asked you the question of when, you know, when or if you are flipping through the channels and you see a movie, what what movies do you stop and feel like you need to watch the rest of, no matter how many times you've seen it before? Uh, <laughs> this is a tough one because, uh, you know, eras change so much like i tried to put myself in a position where i would be flipping channels which would have been you know probably my teenage years just chilling in my room in my dad's house in more minnesota and at that time like the first thing that came to my mind was uh, the original die hard okay which was on okay. a lot and i never got sick of that movie yeah that that's that's a, that's a pretty good movie because i i have like Four of them. Oh, <laughs> there are probably there are other ones that are less good that I was embarrassed about, like Uncle Buck. For some reason, I would always watch <laughs> on USA. I think. Yeah, but Uncle Buck is a good movie. <laughs> it's a feel-good movie with a nice message at the end. <laughs> I mean, like, I'll give I'll give you my top one that, that I always, no matter what, if it's on, I have I have to watch it. Is The Fugitive. Okay, yeah, Fugitive is another good one. You know, I mean, I, I got so the the four that I have on my list are The Fugitive, Jaws, oh, Karate yeah. Kid, Jaws for sure, and Top Gun. That's a good list, man. So Jaws, those, yeah, you Jaws. Can never I would never get sick Jaws. of uh, Top Gun to Karate Kid, Fugitive. Yeah, that's a good list. Better, better than Uncle Buck. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could add one more to that list, and it would be The Great Outdoors. That's that's another one, right? They they played those two like all the time. I remember on USA Network. <laughs> I, I actually, when I was on vacation just a couple of weeks ago, I watched both the end of The Great Outdoors, and I watched most of Jaws twice while I was gone for a week because yeah, it was man. on TV. <laughs> In the end of Great Outdoors is epic, right? Like, uh, uh, they get into a fight. John Candy and Dan Erkard get into a fight. Then, the, like, the twins go missing. You know, they end up in the mine, and somehow yeah. they uh, pull the bear out instead. And Yeah, John, John Candy pulls the bear out. And they shoot him with that shotgun lamp. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the bald-ass bear. After Classic. They made, him, they made him the bald-headed bear, and then they made him the bald-ass bear. Yeah. Is a classic man. The raccoons. <laughs> oh yeah, in the uh, the uh, steak eating contest or whatever. Yep. It's like you got to eat the whole thing, and it's just there's nothing on that plate but gristle and fat. And uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's a good one. I don't know what else. What else have you been up to? Uh, nothing. It sounds like there's, uh, sounds like we're, 
unfortunately going to be getting together to play cards without you again this weekend. Yeah, that's the problem with living uh, the furthest away and working Saturday nights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds fun. And, like, uh, my brother and Brian are on a magic card pack opening spree and want it to continue, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, it definitely sounds like that is going to be continuing this weekend. Sweet deals on streets of New Capenna. I guess I've I've not I've not looked. I've let the let those two buy all the stuff they want, and I'll just trade for whatever I want. Yeah, I mean, eighty bucks for a box of boosters. That that is that that is very very good deal. I might. Uh, I mean, I don't know why I'm too lazy to look up cards and sets. But <laughs> if I knew there was stuff I liked in there, I might buy one. But I don't even. I couldn't name two cards in that set because I'm just. I'm not up on my Magic game. Yeah, I mean, there's things. There's other things in life. Yeah, we've talked about it before. I'm the type of guy like I'll. I'll just identify the three cards I want and pay. It ten dollars for them on ebay or something yeah <sighs> that's usually what i do and i you know i miss out on the hundred plus dollar cards because i'm not shelling that much out but and and honestly i mean i can't i can't tell you the last time well let's see i think the most i've paid for a card in like the last six or seven years is like ninety dollars yeah and that was uh, that was a Sarah Sanctum, which is old and uh, has, I think, I think right now it has tripled in value from what I paid for it. It's at least doubled, possibly tripled. Oh, so um, I do. Yeah, it's. Uh, <clears throat> I've it's, I've traded in cards and stuff like that and purchased more expensive cards because I did that for some of the you know some dual lands and stuff like that. But to actually spend that much money on a card for me is very difficult. This is also coming from a guy who has paid two hundred dollars for one box of miniatures, which only had <laughs> one miniature in it. One. I mean. Yeah, you got to set your own price for everything. That's the beauty of capitalism. Like so, you know. So it's not like I'm against you spend you know spending that kind of money on hobby stuff. It's just that I typically play you know I play miniatures a lot more frequently than I play Magic, and I have enough equity in Magic right now to feel like I don't need to spend that kind of money on it. Well, yeah, and what uh, what kind of bums me out the most is uh, generally the only time I would buy packs was uh, like booster drafts or pre-releases or whatever. And that's actually what you guys are doing. You're taking a box and doing a draft, which was fun because then you you know you still get the strategy of building a deck. You get to play some games. And there's that chance you could pull a you know a pretty valuable mythic rare or something. So yep. I'm bummed. I'm gonna miss it out. Uh, miss out on it this weekend. Yeah, that, there'll be there'll be plenty of other opportunities though too. Yeah, but I I, I agree. I mean, it it does kind of it is kind of a bummer that you that people have to miss out. 
but we could we could be like Sapana and wreck our car on the way to to Brian. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot worse. That's a lot worse. <laughs> yep. Well, you can give me a a recap on uh, how this weekend goes. Next show, we'll get a recap. Absolutely. I'll let you know how the booster draft goes with Charles and Rust and Brian. Yeah. So you got comedy this weekend working again on Saturday night. Yep, usual stuff. I'm just working the door Saturday, but I, uh, you know, I was hosting last weekend, so you gotta 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 trade off. Yeah. Well, and that's understandable. Yeah. Um, I guess one thing I do need. So, is the plan? I mean, I know the the comedy plan is out but are the just visiting plans still going on for crypticon i'd have to uh what's the ticket price we can talk about that off the air but yeah it'd be fun to go for sure because i was thinking about ordering some uh custom t-shirts for us (laughs) to wear there yeah (laughs) that'd be pretty sweet i already i already got the design for it i sent i i don't know if you i don't know if i sent it to the group messages you me and brian or if I just sent it to Brian or not, but I I did actually do some mock-up T-shirts of that. I just have to decide whether I want to order them or not. I'll have to take a look. I think you sent them, but I was in uh, the forest in Wisconsin, and my cell service is so sketchy there that the image never appeared. Sure. <laughs> so <laughs> that that I certainly believe. Yeah. So <laughs> I was in the group, but I uh, I probably just have to go back and look, and I can see them now. Because that that me- that group doesn't get a lot of messages, but the other no. the the one the other one does. So if if we do want to do that, yeah, I can definitely order some T-shirts and because uh, Brian said he would wear one at his vendor booth. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. I'll uh, I'll check the dates and talk to my gal on the ticket price and see if sure. I can confirm. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably about all we got for this week. You yeah. Got anything else? No, that's all I've got. All right. Well, I guess we'll be signing off for this week. I believe this is. I, I can't remember if this is twenty nine or thirty. What's well, <laughs> one of the two? I forget which number it is because we so go like between recording, but it's either twenty nine or thirty. I think it's I think it's actually twenty nine. I don't think we're up to thirty yet. But anyway, this is Scott the Beauty signing off for the Beauty and DeGeest podcast where we watch movies so you don't have to. Bye folks.